welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. My name is Susie Ashworth. I am a quantum transformation and embodiment coach, which means that I help people make massive shifts in their life and in their business um, in very short periods of time. And I have a range of different ways of working with people. Sometimes it is more strategic and I'll meet people for VIP days and we'll map out everything that they're gonna be doing for the next quarter, six months or year. I have my freedom experience container, which is actually drawing to a close. We've got six months left in that where I help people hit 10K months. Then I have magic money, which is um, um, happening in the next couple of weeks where it's all about helping people have their biggest month in business. There's, yeah, there's little bits and pieces everywhere. I was um, in one of your free trainings where you did that sales call live. Yes. And I, I loved that because I'd never seen anyone do that. Did that make you nervous, not knowing what was going to happen in front of people? It, it always makes me nervous. The first time I did it, it was terrifying. I was petrified. But now, um, yeah, you never know how it is going to go. But I really enjoy it. I really enjoy showing people how to do a sales call in a way that feels good for both you and the person on the other end. And sometimes people are like ready to go and other times they're not. Sometimes I'll make an offer, sometimes I don't. And I think that it's really powerful for people just to see um, um, that, it, that it's not a fix, you know, that it really can go anyway. And all of it's valuable so even though it scares me I love doing it it's one of my favorite things to do it was so interesting to watch because I'd never seen anyone do anything like that before Mm. and also the one that I saw you actually told her she wasn't a good fit and I think we we hear a lot about how to get people into our programs and how to get people to say yes yes but we don't actually talk a lot about how to say no if the person's not a good fit Is there any advice you would give to those people who get on a call and they think, actually, this person's really not for me for whatever reason, but they don't feel like they can say that on the phone because they don't want to upset somebody? Yeah, I think that this isn't so much about what to say on the sales call. It's about who you're deciding to be in your business full stop. So what I want to do in my business is make the biggest impact possible with the most number of right people and what I trust about the world and what I trust about this business landscape is that there is an ideal person and an ideal coach for every single one of us out there 
And so when somebody approaches me and I know that they are not going to be a good fit, and believe me, I have said yes to people who I've known who are not going to be a good fit many, many times early on in my career. Sometimes it was because I didn't want to offend somebody. Sometimes it's because I thought I could be the saviour and fix everything. And sometimes it was just because, if I'm honest, I needed, I, ne I needed that sale because I was building a business and I felt like my back was up against the wall. Every single time I've said yes when I should have said no, it's been a mistake and it hasn't served anybody and so you get to decide who do I desire to be do I want the um kind of immediate ease the gratification that just comes with saying yes or do I want to be somebody who is in my integrity and do I want to be somebody who is creating space for dreamboat clients to walk in because I can sh I can honestly say that every time you say yes and you really mean no it blocks you from going out there and doing what you need to do in order to attract the perfect people because there is nothing worse than getting on to calls with people that you don't resonate with or should be with a different coach there's an ideal person out there for them so when you decide okay I'm going to be the person who says no you're not right for me you're not offending anybody you're just saying that there is somebody who can help you out there who is a much better fit than me. And I don't want to deny you the opportunity of working with that person or finding that person by, you know, taking up your time, energy and your money right now. So there's just nothing to feel guilty about. You get to decide before you get on the call that there's a perfect person. And if I'm not your perfect person, I'm going to do you a favor and I'm going to tell you like, you can thank me <laughs> such yeah. a powerful way of looking at it and i see this a lot with my clients where they um they're working with someone who's not ideal anymore yeah. and they cling on to that person because there's that fear of if i let them go what if no one else walks in the door yeah. and every single time i see them let go of that non-ideal client someone walks in the door almost instantly that is the perfect fit i see this all the time during the time that i followed you it feels like you've had this real shift towards being a bit more spiritual. Yeah. I've always, I've always done mindset. So the way I used to talk about myself was I was a mindset and messaging mentor. Mm -hmm. And that was the first iteration of my business coaching um, that I did. So I came from a hypnobirthing background and everything that I learned in hypnobirthing about the power of the mind and really helping women be able to create the type of positive birth experience they desired I applied that to what I was teaching in business so what's the vision that you have okay these are the tools that you need in order to fulfill that vision and then I would underpin it with strategy what has happened since then is yeah, for sure. I lead way more with mindset and energy and the energetics of business than strategy. And I still love strategy. You cannot have a conversation with me without me talking about strategy as when you're when we're in a client relationship. But what I found is that all strategies work 
But if you lead with strategy and you think that the blueprint is the answer, more frequently than not, people fall on their face. And the thing that really makes a difference is helping somebody find their energetic alignment to their offers, to their purpose, to how they want to show up in the world, and then slotting the strategy in underneath. And because I've done every course, every program, I've not had a time in my business where I haven't worked with a strategic coach. I still work with strategic coaches now. I know there's not a strategy out there that I haven't tried. And so when somebody comes to me and says, this isn't working, that isn't working, this isn't working, First of all, we look at how they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they're believing is possible. We make sure that all of that piece is in play so that they know that it's absolutely possible for them to be doing 100K months. It's absolutely possible for them to be doing 50K months. Know it in your bones. Then we can play around with what offers you're going to create and how you're going to offer them and how you're going to do your sales call and, and all of that. So... Has it made a difference in my earnings? Well, I've never earned more. So yes, in a positive way. Not because you have to sell mindset, but because that's where my alignment is. Mm, you know? I love that so much. And you mentioned there about the kind of hypnobirthing background yeah. that you came from. Um, do you find that people have followed you on that journey? Because something that I've experienced myself and I also see in my clients is that resistance to change because it's mm. like, well, I know I don't want to be here. I know I want to do this other thing, but what if everyone leaves me and I'm left with nobody and people don't get it and all those other kind of fears that come up? Yeah. I mean, I've had people who bought my first hypnobirthing program at £97 who have gone on to spend tens of thousands of pounds with me as a business coach, as a mindset coach, as an energy coach. Um, um, so don't worry about it. You know, I, I held on to the hypnobirthing side of my business for too long because I thought that I needed to have a business outside of um, the coaching industry in order to prove that I was worthy of being a business coach. And again, it comes down to alignment. I stopped that business from growing as fruitfully as it could grow because I wasn't completely like on board with it I was doing it because I thought it was a should and I had to rather than a desire and really being connected with the purpose of that business and whenever you hold on to something because it's a should or you think that you have to you're never going to be able to let itself or yourself fulfill your fullest potential and that is ultimately what I am here to do and help people do very effectively is live into the fullest and the biggest and most expansive version of themselves. I did something very similar with um, I started with a virtual assistant business mm -hmm. and I wanted to go into mentoring but I clung on to it for the same reason I was like Will anyone take me seriously if I yeah. don't have this other business as proof or as evidence that I know what I'm talking about? And I clung on to it for probably like two years. Mm. And it got to the point where I destroyed it from the inside yeah. because yeah. it wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I definitely would agree with you. Like, you've got to follow what feels good, haven't you? And at the point where you know this isn't the thing for me, let it go. You have to let it go. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You're living proof that it works. And you. <laughs> 
you recently hit 4 million since what was it 2020? 2020 yeah I did the numbers like literally a couple of nights ago and what was really interesting is that I was just totting up where I was for for the year and I thought I'm just going to backtrack just to see what it is collectively and I was shocked I was so so shocked and then the next day so yesterday I looked in my Stripe account and it said it was it was it was something like 700 no it was something like 399,000 and I can't even get the number it was like 34,000 off hitting 4 million that's what the number from 2020 was when I did it then I looked at my Stripe account yesterday and it said 4.1 million since the lifetime of you being on Stripe so that was from 2017 and I thought, oh my God, I am about to collapse time. I'm about to shave three years off the amount of time it takes me to hit 4 million this week. And it will actually be today with the money that comes into my account today that I will have officially crossed 4 million since 2020. It's like, this is what I love playing with and helping people stretch their um, ability to see what is possible for them. Because if I looked at Stripe, Stripe said it took, you know, since 2017 to do 4.1 million. Today, I will have crossed 4, 4 million since 2020. I'm already, and so there will be a time very soon where I'm not celebrating um, um, four million in two and a half years. I'm celebrating it in one year. And knowing that I'm an energetic match for four, for four million, just full stop, that changes the level of excitement in my body. It changes the way that I'm looking at my money. It changes what I feel is available for me. And I think that often people are like, you know, I want to hit a 10K month. I want to hit a 20K month, 20K, 20K. But why aren't I doing it? Why aren't I doing it? Why aren't I doing it? Take a step back. You've already hit 20K. Like when you look at how much you've done for the year, when you look at how much you've brought in for two years, you're already a match for £20,000. So now all you have to do is collapse, shorten the amount of time. If you did it in a year, can you do it in nine months? If you've done it in nine months, can you do it in six months? If you've done it in six months, can I do it in four months? Like, just start to look at the way you look at money differently. And all of a sudden, it opens everything up. And one of my superpowers is helping people look at themselves, look at their business, and look at their money in a way that helps them accelerate the speed at which they're able to receive just by shifting perspective. Have you always had that kind of confidence and self-belief that it's possible for you? Because I can imagine there are people listening thinking, oh yeah, that's, that's fine for you, mm. but I can't do that. So is that something that has always been there or is it developed over time? No, it, I, I, I had no idea about what I was capable of. And I truly believe that I have no idea about what I am still capable of. And what I realized, and this is only a couple of years ago, what I have done 
is um, I have a process called the inevitability ladder. And level one of the inevitability ladder is just knowing that something is possible. And so until I started really my entrepreneurial business, I didn't know that being an entrepreneur was possible. I wasn't even on the ladder. I thought it was nine to five. I worked in sales. I worked as um, um, a sales rep and then sales manager for the Guardian newspaper. But I was basically in media sales for 13 years. And I was very much, you are a salesperson. You are not a creative. This is the, these are your boundaries. This is what you can do. And I, and I, I, actually, it suited me very well. It's, it's a great skill set. But I didn't know it was possible to have my own business. And then a friend of mine, she trained as a hypnotherapist and she helped me stop smoking. I used to smoke and she helped me stop smoking. And uh, that was a light bulb that I didn't even realize was a light bulb for me, but she was setting up her own business as a hypnotherapist. Hmm. Years later, I got pregnant with my first son and I was like, I want to be able to say to him, didn't know it was a him at the time, but I want to be able to say to this baby, you can do anything that you want to do. And I knew that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was doing what I could do, but it wasn't anything. And so again, a seed was planted. It took me two years in getting pregnant again with my second child to realize if I was going to do something different, then it was now or never. And so I started to train as a hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. And the idea was that I would go into the Guardian and other media companies and be their resident hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. When I pitched the Guardian that, they were like, no thanks. And I was like, okay. I'll just go it alone. And so uh, what happened when I was pregnant and whilst I was in training is that I decided that it was possible for me to have my own business. Prior to that, I knew that it was possible because I'd seen my friend set it up, but it wasn't possible for me. Then I decided that it was possible for me. What I've become really good at is when I see somebody else doing something, I really now know if one person can do it, like I can do it. Like if it's possible for them, it's possible for me. Many people don't get to the it's, a, it's possible for me stage. They do what you say, like, oh, it's okay for her because she's done this or she's got that or she's got this. I'm very, people like, automatically look for the differences between myself and them or whoever whoever else it is and they never decide that it's possible for them what I do is I look for the similarities oh she's a woman I'm a woman oh great she can do it I can do it oh she's got kids I've got kids oh she's a single mom I'm a single mom like I'm looking for the similarities and the minute I see one similarity I'm like it's possible for me. Then the next stage in the ladder is moving it's possible for me into it's probable. And I always say faith plus action equals miracles. And it's the action piece 
And for me, very specifically, aligned action. So this is the, yes, it's the mindset and the energetics, but this is where the strategic piece comes in. This is like where the work comes in. How you move from it's possible to me to it's probable is by taking consistently aligned and inspired action. And so I move myself up to, like I know that right now, I know that one day I will celebrate making 10 million in one year. I know that. And how I know that is that I'm taking a line. How I know that that's probable is that I'm taking aligned and inspired action consistently to grow my business. Now, the final rung on the ladder is probable to inevitable. And the probable to inevitable is the continued, it's the continued action, it's the continued belief, it's the continued faith. You do it for long enough in the probable stage, you just start to feel differently when somebody says, so what's your goal or what are you aiming for or what are you what do you have where do you see yourself in five years time you say I see myself as an eight-figure entrepreneur and it doesn't feel weird like it feels normal to say it it feels natural it's kind of like of course I don't know how I'm going to get there but I know that that is my destiny I'm not trying to convince myself anymore. I know it at a cellular level. And that process, like I said, I call it the inevitability ladder, that has been something that has been developed unconsciously throughout the years, but I've seen it. I've seen the process of that work so many times. And it starts with deciding that first it's possible and then most importantly, it's possible for me. Something that I've struggled with um, is having that belief in myself and then speaking to other people about it. Yeah. Because what you were saying there about having that belief that it's possible, mm. sometimes you, you have to have that before you've got any proof that it's possible. That's the and what I've felt is communicating that with people who do the typical nine to five, for example, they think that I'm just talking rubbish. Like they, they can't see it and so they don't understand it. So have you over the last few years kind of um, met other people who think the same as you and who are also business owners? Or do you feel that in your life, are you able to have those conversations with friends and family? No, I wouldn't choose to have like family members. My sister's an entrepreneur. My sister's actually just been in my mastermind for the last year, which has been was incredible. So I can obviously have conversations with her, but most of the time, unless somebody is in this world, unless somebody has done what it is that you're doing or is of that inclination, you know, as entrepreneurs, we are the minority. We're doing things that most people will never do in their lives. We're earning the type of money that most people can't even comprehend like a normal non-celebrity person, you know, uh, it, it's crazy for them. So there are some supportive people. There are people that are like, oh, how are you doing? And they just want you to say, yeah, good. And then it's great because they feel confused by 
you know, they don't want to talk about anything else. And, and that's okay. That's okay. That's why I pay amazing mentors. That's why I'm in masterminds. That's why I network in group programs. You know, I want to find not just like-minded people, but people who are doing, people that are stretching my belief and my capacity and my perspective for what is truly possible. Now, I've just spent um, a week in Costa Rica on land that my mentors have bought, 600 acres. Who buys 600 acres and three mountains? You know, that immediately has expanded my perspective about what is possible. I'm not quite sure I'm there with it is possible for me to buy 600 acres, but it's possible for me to have an acre or two. You know, it's possible for me to create my own retreat center. It's possible for me to host a retreat, which is what they did, where it was a leadership retreat where we didn't speak business at all. And yet I walked away with some of the biggest shifts in perspective about what is possible for me as a leader within my business. You know, it's possible for me to do it my way and really help people have extraordinary, extraordinary breakthroughs in their lives and in their businesses. And that's very, very exciting. You can't do that with people who are playing a small game. You've got to put yourself in the room with people who are playing as big and then, of course, big, a bigger game than you. I think that's one of the, um, the best things about Instagram is that you're able to so easily see that so much more is possible. Because yeah. I know for me, I didn't think it was possible to earn seven, multi-seven figures just from, you know, working from home until I got on Instagram and I saw other people do it. And I was like, well, if they can do it, why can't I do it? And it just opened so many new possibilities for me but speaking of Instagram I love that you've got where you are without having you know 50k followers on Instagram yeah um how I have so many questions on this I guess my first question is do people mostly find you on Instagram or are you hanging out somewhere else no not really I mean in Facebook used to be my biggest driver but I never I've never had a big audience on Facebook and I still do not so Facebook and Instagram are definitely the biggest drivers of my clients for sure and have you found that you do you have like repeat customers is that where you feel like you know, the small audience doesn't matter as much because people just love you and they're in long-term containers with you. I know you've got like a 12-month container or are you just reaching new people all the time? I think that it's a mix of both. And it's funny actually, because I've got a masterclass coming up called The Stack, which is how to have consistent offers in between your launches. And it's not that you need loads of new people all of the time. I've never had loads of new people all of the time, but the way that... I create offers enables people to be repeat clients um, um, again and again and again. And I think that the way that I deliver what I deliver means that I've had clients who started wanting to learn how to have their baby with me, be in masterminds with me, have the IP days with me. And so that's about the quality of the work, 
the quality of the results, the resonance with me, but you, you and appropriate pricing and appropriate offers. And this is why I say, even though the mindset and the energy and all of that stuff, that's my favorite. For me, like it goes hand in hand with the strategic side. And what you're talking about is the, 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 the strategy. Um, but I love, there's a trend at the moment where people are talking about all of the offers and you've got to have 10 offers 20 offers 50 offers and this is how many things i sold and it's like great that works for some people i've never had to do that i made my first half a million in business without a high ticket offer using um a dive it's a dive diverse like the six like six key offers that when you stack them in a certain way you make it easy for people to make multiple purchases and that ultimately um, um yeah like i say it got me to half a million in my business when i added the high ticket that's when i took off and crossed seven figures not that you have to have a high ticket to cross seven figures i know lots of people who don't but that was just my my pathway when you say high ticket what kind of price point is your sort of highest ticket 100k but that most my private coaching is 100k over a payment plan most people pay in full when they come and work with me um one-to-one -one and they pay 80k so that is that piece but um, um the other thing that i want to say about not having a huge audience is i sell I, and most people don't sell enough. So whether it is selling in contained launches, which I was doing over the last year and a half, like every other month, very, very consistently, or selling offers whenever I feel like, which is what I've been doing more, more frequently and what I did um, prior to the last year and a half, I've always sold. So selling, is yeah one of my favorite things to talk about and that's the difference you don't need a hundred you can have a hundred thousand people who are so disengaged who you're never selling to um, um and you won't make any money you can have a hundred thousand people who are massively engaged but you're not making any money because you're not selling to them so it's not the number of people that you need it's great offers frequency of selling and obviously great results I love that you've been able to do this without the huge audience, because I think it's one of those things that a lot of people will say, well, it's mm -hmm. okay for that person because they've got half a million followers, yeah. but actually you're proving that that isn't something that you need in order to make that money. So I love this so much. Mm -hmm. Something that I feel just like speaking to you and watching your stories and being in your trainings that I've done, you're very clear and very kind of calm. You've got this really calm energy do you still have those moments of chaos where you're like what the hell is going on and confusion like is that still normal for you all the time <laughs> all the time and my practice very conscious practice is just seeing how quickly i can come back to alignment but i've got three kids i'm a single mum they're like 11 9 and 5 i have fucking crazy moments all of the time they're, they're here to teach me they're here to show me and they're here to keep me grounded and they do all of those things so when you're in those moments of what the hell am i doing what is your first thing to kind of bring yourself back and bring that calm energy back like what's your first move the breath 
mm. is to breathe. Yeah. So simple, but so powerful. Yeah. It's one of the most powerful tools on the planet that we take for granted and underutilize all of the time. Mm. And the breath has been a, and continues to be a really powerful tool when it comes to just bringing everything down, even in the asking of this question, you know, before I answer, nice deep breath, everything goes down into the ground, everything is more rooted, everything is more grounded. It's like, okay, it's not complicated. Everybody wants to make everything super complicated. It's not, just breathe. And then I think that the other thing is, is remembering who it is that I desire to be. And notice if I'm acting out of alignment with that, stop, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Sometimes I can stop very quickly. And other times it's like, you know, when you've got an old car and you put your foot on the brake and it takes. And sometimes it takes a while and that's okay. I think the other thing that I've got very good at is just not beating myself up. I think a lot of and some of the non-tangible things that stop people growing in business is the amount of shame and guilt and fear that they hold, that they're not good enough, that they fucked up, that it's, you know, all of the stories. And I'm very good at releasing that. So when I have times where it's taken me a long time to stop, it's taken me a while to realign, rather than compound the fact that it's taken me a long time to stop and a long time to realign and berate myself, like should know better and, just done this retreat and that retreat and da, da 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 I'm just like it's okay there's a lesson here what's the lesson okay great let's apply it for next time moving on I'm quick to do that love that so final question if you could send a message to every business owner what would that message be that you are capable of so much more than what you know and believe is possible for you right now, even if you have big dreams, even if you have big aspirations, there is so, so much more available for you. And actually, probably counterintuitively, it's not about how big your brain is or how much you know or what the latest strategy is. It's about your willingness to be more of yourself and to know that yourself is magic. It is so much more than just good enough. And the more that you're able to lean into that on a daily basis and share yourself on a daily basis, the more people will connect and resonate with you. And the more you will be able to really facilitate the transformations that you are looking to create in this world. Amazing. Perfect way to end the episode. Thank you so much. How can people come and find you and work with you? Yes. Um, well, I like to hang out on Instagram. So Susie underscore Ashworth. I do have a private Telegram group called the Quantum Success Hub, which you can also get to via my Instagram link as well there's like 500 people in there so it is small but perfectly formed but they they're they're my places amazing thank you so much well i hope you go and celebrate the four million go and do something amazing 
I will be celebrating the full million. I haven't decided quite how, but I will be putting something to anchor that in today. <laughs>